You're listening to Chris Scott on FM 105, Down Community Radio. On 105FM and around the world online. This is FM 105, your local station live from the heart of Downpatrick. Welcome along to the Chris Scott Show on FM 105 Down Community Radio here in the heart of Downpatrick in County Down in Northern Ireland. Thank you for tuning in and lending me your ears. I'm here with you for the next hour or so and another treat in store this evening. Started tonight's programme there with none other than the Bee Gees with Tragedy from When? Yeah, February 1979. And tonight we end on another version of that same song, but a very different one performed by Cousins Gibb. Who are they? Well, it's a long story, and tonight I'm in conversation with one of the Cousins Gibb, Nick Endicott Gibb, who joins me tonight to tell me all about his fascinating life story, which began as an adopted child. And later on in life, he decides to search for his biological parents. Nick had been adopted at 18 months, and in his early life he had a passion for music. Eventually he goes on to search, uh, and that search produces an amazing story. Straight into the conversation with Nick Endicott-Gibb after this. Do stay tuned, folks. Chatting with Chris on FM 105 Down Community Radio. Your station, your voice. Can I just say welcome to the show? Hi, Chris. Thanks for having me. Great yeah, to be it's here. That's great. I, I believe you're on the other side of the pond from us. I, I am a bit. I'm over in uh, in Sussex in the UK um, and right down in the coast, um, uh, a place called Brighton. Yeah, sunny um, Brighton. Yeah, sunny Brighton. Lots of musicians down here. It's a good place to be. <laughs> yeah, of course. You are a musician, you are a singer, but there's something about this double barrel name and the name Gibb on the end, which gives a big clue, doesn't it, Nick? It, it does a bit. A little bit of a clue there, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nick, just to introduce you, um, you have been through uh, adoption. You were adopted, uh, like myself as a child, yeah. and then yeah. you went searching for biological parents. And to cut a long story short, we will go back over it again, but you found out that you were the son of Morris Gibb. Yeah, that's right, yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's one of those things that, you know, as an adoptee, um, I mean, I was adopted when I was 18 months old, so... Um, always knew my adoptive parents as my parents, you know, yeah, and uh, yeah. they, they were my mum and dad, you know, and my sisters mm-hmm. and my brother, they, they were, you know, they were my sisters and brother. It was, that was my family. Um, but I always knew I was adopted, which is a good thing. Um, you know, some adoptees don't get told until they're a little bit older. Yeah. And, you know, that, I, that can't be very good. You know, I'm, I'm sure that can cause a lot of emotional problems when you suddenly find out you know, that, that information, but I've, I've always known. So it's always been okay. And they've all, always were very supportive about, you know, all that side of things. If I wanted to find out eventually who my mum and dad were. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I was brought up in, in the Ashdown forest in Sussex. Um, uh, and, but always wanted to find out my identity, who, you know, why I was the way I was, why I was so musical because none of my family were, um and you know and, and why I, I mean i was singing since i started singing when i was six years old so i you know i was i was in the choir at six uh, the local mm-hmm. choir um i was teaching myself guitar and drums when i was eight nine years old um i was writing my first song at 11 so you know wow. it was I, I this this passion for music and creativity was so strong with me and it through my life because that's what i've literally carried on doing all my life you know um various bands, various projects, working with various different people. Um, you know, it was, it, as, your, as your life goes on, you want to find out these, these answers. And I, I did, you know, I wanted to know why. Um, but as you get older, you want to find out also the medical history, the medical side of it all, because I didn't have any of that. So, yeah, you start to get a bit of old, you start to think about things like that. And is there anything I'm going to, you know, inherit that I don't know about? Basically, the search through my life, which was very difficult before the internet, lots of forms to fill in. It was, it wasn't very, it wasn't a very yes. quick process. Yes. yes. Um, and also, there was talk about, you know, you should get counselling and all of that because of the emotional That's right. side yeah. of it. You know, which I didn't really like the idea of, to be honest, mm-hmm. because I, you know, I was brought up with a nice band and I was fine. You know, I thought, no, I don't, I don't want. I understood why, but I didn't want to go the counselling route. I didn't really want to experience that. But it got more, like I said, it got more um, of, uh, you know, more in my mind to do something about it as I got got older. And then the internet, when that was around, yeah, I was just thinking about it one, it was was my birthday one one year and um, 
I, I just decided to put a, a little message on this this website that I found. Thought nothing of it. It was it was raining. It was my birthday. I was thinking about yeah. things. And I thought yeah. I'd just do that. Two years later, I get an email from my birth mother uh, asking me, "Am I who I am?" And and I, you know, she said who she was, and you know, I, the only information I had was her name, a little bit about she. Um, I think it said she was from Scotland, but that's it. No, no birth father name, nothing. Can I ask um, you, so, can I just interrupt there? You see yeah. the information you were made aware of, like myself, I remember the counselling being suggested um, yeah. because you, they yeah. had to speak to you to find out your reason why and how this going to affect. Exactly, but yeah. I'm not sure about the English system. In Northern Ireland here, um, you would have had an adopted birth certificate with your adopted parents' names on it. Would that so, yes, that would, yeah, so you had that. That's right. But yeah, I had, I had a, yes, I had a, I, I, initially I had a birth certificate um, with my old name on it, which I was named because I was named, um, you know, I did have a yes. name, I was named. It took three years after I was adopted to then change that over. So yeah, All right, you, okay. you then you then have a, a new certificate with um, you yes. know, your, your adoptive family name on and, and, and what they've called you. Um, if they if they call you anything else, yeah, so you 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 obviously so you had your mother's actual name, so that was a, a bit of a clue, and that link then came in. Yeah, I had her surname. Yeah, so that helped. Yeah, yeah a lot. Um, and of course, my name, what she named me, I was able to put that up on in the you know when I put the the search the the message up, I you know, so she was able to then see, well, that's you know that's who that's who I named. Wow. Um, so she then emailed me, and it was quite surreal because she she initially emailed and i had to obviously check that she was who she was and everything yeah, like that yeah. and i don't know who you know i didn't know her from anyone you know i didn't know who she was so i was very tentative but i just presumed you know it would be a, a few months on the phone getting to know each other before any meeting would, would mm -hmm. happen you know but she was moving to spain literally within the week after that um and i thought well i've got to do something about this because if she moves to spain um, I don't really want to go over to Spain for a first meeting with my birth mother. Um, I'd rather do it, you know, in a neutral, in neutral territory, really, you know, mm -hmm. in, mm -hmm. at least in, in this country, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So we, I, I, I thought, well, I, you know, talked to my mum and dad about it and uh, they, you know, very, very good with everything. And we all decided it, it would have to be done sooner or sooner than later because of her moving. So, I arranged to meet her in London and uh, it was just a hotel foyer, you know, neutral mm -hmm. territory. It was, yeah, we had a five hour meeting with her and it was very surreal. It was very strange, very emotionally strange. You know, I, if you if you think of that or if you can try and imagine that sort of thing happening, if you if you're not an adoptee, it's probably hard to, to think how mm -hmm. that would feel. I thought I would feel overcome. I thought I would feel very emotional and very. Um, I mean, initially before that, I was a bit, you know, a bit scared. I was a bit, you know, yeah, yeah. you know, what's this yeah. going to be like? Yeah. But the strange thing that happened was on the day, I went completely blank. You know, my, my emotions were, were, were nothing. I, I didn't feel anything. That was quite a shock for me because it was a, a, obviously a protective me mechanism that, that came in. Everything shut down and I was just who I, I was just me asking questions and talking and, and knew that I would you know just had to find out what information i could and it was you know literally a week or so after that that it all hit me and then then yeah. i just lost it and felt spaced out and very strange for a while yeah um but it was must have been some kind of protective emotional protective mechanism kicked in, which i wasn't uh, you know prepared for really i didn't know that, that was going to happen i suppose i'm glad it did because it enabled me to go through the meeting and not fall apart which yeah, okay. you, know, yeah, yeah, which yeah, you yeah, could yeah. probably yeah. easily do but yeah. Um, yeah, no, she told me, um, she told me who my father was, but he had a namesake, so I couldn't search for him. He had the same name as someone very famous in the 60s. Now she worked at, you know, I will add that she did work in the music industry. She um, uh, worked for a publishing company and then um, started working with Sir George Martin, setting up air studios um, and became a studio manager. So she was getting bands and artists into studios and um, that sort of thing. So she she knew everybody. She she knew the Beatles. She worked. She knew Jimi Hendrix. She she literally yeah. rubbed shoulders yeah. with everybody because she was in the thick of it. 
and this is back in you know 67 you know so summer, yeah. summer of love she was right in, in the thick of, of it but young she was young you know she was only yeah, 19. Yeah, yeah. i couldn't really search for this guy because he had the same name as someone famous you know um and it was a couple of years after that she then said oh look i found an album sleeve this is this is your father you know and this was the band he had so i thought oh great okay um i've got a bit more info now i can sort of look a bit more into mm -hmm. that it took another couple of years and then found him. He lived in Brighton, which was, you know, I was in Tunbridge Wells then in Kent. That's so unbelievable. That's literally only yeah. about 20 miles away. Yeah. So I thought, wow, that's just down the road, really. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So we yeah. talked on the phone for a bit. We got to know each other for a bit. He sounded fine. He was open arms, wanted to meet me. Um, and he obviously, he knew about, he had the he Oh, had so he, he had knowledge, yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, my birth mother told told him at the time, you know, um, yeah. so he knew that, that, you know, that this day might come at some point. Yes. So, yeah, he was very eager to meet me. And, um, you know, I came down to Brighton and uh, we met up and he couldn't believe how much I looked like my birth mother. Um, and I didn't like him at all. He was he was small and blonde. You know, and I thought, okay. well, I really wasn't expecting that. I was expecting someone, you know, darker features, you know, and maybe maybe I don't know. Didn't know what to expect, but he didn't yeah. look like you know someone i is expecting to see as my father but we got on great we we, we you know we had a, a good day and then as time went on he said look I, i've got this flat in brighton that i don't really use um you know um would you like to to rent it i'll, I'll sort you out you know um if you if you fancied or just fancy somewhere to come down and do some music and i said well I've, I've been wanting to come down to brighton i've been wanting to sort of you know head that way anyway that sounds great so i moved down to brighton and i moved into this mm -hmm. flat and it was great. And we did some music together, set up my studio there. And everything was great for a couple of years until we decided, well, you know, he said, look, should we just do a DNA test just to be safe? You know, and he did say that on, on the first day. And I said, no, I, I trust my birth mother. I don't, you know, I'm sure it's yeah. fine. And yeah. he said, yeah, I'm sure it's fine. But yeah, a couple of years later, we decided, Let, let's just do this, you know, because uh, my, my, my fiance, Jackie, she, she was saying as well around the time, you sure you don't want to, you know, I know it's been a while, but are you sure you don't want to just check this? Because he's he's small and blonde and doesn't look anything like you. <laughs> yeah. You know, and yeah. I said, yeah, I know what you mean. So, mm. yeah, we decided, to, so I sort of asked him and he said, yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Let's just do this. So so we did. And um, that came back negative. So oh, we were shocked. both shocked. I'd known yeah. him for two years as my father, mm -hmm. um, but he wasn't. So I thought, okay, great. So where do I go now? And he said, look, I'll help. Any, anything I can do, I'll, I, I can, I'll try and help if I can. At that point, did you yeah. were you still in contact with your birth mother in Spain then? At the, you know, your, yeah. Your, and and yeah, did we, you then yeah. make her aware of this? That like, actually, this is my dad. Yeah, I mean, I I I'd seen her a couple of times in Spain, mm -hmm. and um, you know, we, we, yeah, we we kept the contact up. No, it was, it was really after that result came back. You know, we were looking at, I mean, we were looking at uh, all these various different people that my birth mother said that she'd been around. Because I, I did, I'd emailed her and I said, look, it's not him. And she said, well, it's always been him. It's always been him. It can't, it's got to be. And I said, well, it's not. You know, the DNA yeah. doesn't yeah. lie. Yeah, you know? that's right. Yeah. yeah. And she was just sort of, oh, I don't know. Then I can't think, oh, you know, she wasn't around. She wasn't sleeping around with everybody. She wasn't a groupie or anything like that. You know, she was quite kept herself to herself, to be honest. You know, mm -hmm. didn't really sort of, um, she was in the industry, but she didn't go to all these mad parties like a lot of them were. And, mm -hmm. and you know, um, she was quite, quite sort of self, more, more reserved, really as a person so she said look I, I don't know i don't know what to say so she said she'll have a think you know i don't know what that meant but she'll have a think about it and uh in the meantime i you know me and jackie were looking at these uh, various pictures of all the people that she said she would work she, she worked with us around i thought well maybe it's one of these people you know i don't know i've got nothing to go on you know all yeah. i can think of is is there somebody that i look like perhaps Yes, that yes, was around yes. at the time you know i mean it sounds silly but i mean it could have been anyone but that's yeah. all i could think of, <laughs> yeah, going of course, yeah. Yeah. and you know what I, I i look the spitting image of dave clark from the dave clark fight oh, okay you know i mean <laughs> yeah. Yeah. in some pictures yeah. i look just like him i thought hold on this is yeah. this is ridiculous <laughs> you know the, 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 the funny thing is we actually um 
got hold of a journalist, a lovely guy called David Wig. He's done a lot of um, uh, celebrity interviews and that sort of thing. We, we found out through Jackie's amazing at research. She finds lots of things out. She found out that David Wig was, you know, had done interviews with Dave Clark and, and knew him, was friends with him. And he did actually talk to Dave Clark and came back and I sent pictures and he said, yeah, he, he can see the resemblance. He says he doubts if it's him because he's, you know, older, he old, much older, well, about 10 years older than my birth mother. Um, but I do really look, I mean, some pictures even now, look, <laughs> yes. that looks like, that looks like a DNA match. That does, yeah. you know, and some yeah. of the pictures when I was younger. And, but he was really, he was really good. He was going to do a DNA test. He said, look, yeah, of course we'll do this. It took, took a while, but yeah, that was sort of one branch that, that we weren't sort of, you know, to mm -hmm. see if that was anything because my birth mother wasn't giving any, any answers at all. You know, mm -hmm. that soon stopped when I went up to Scotland and met my, my auntie, her sister. I'd met her briefly in Spain when she came over when I was, I was visiting um, my birth mother, but didn't really get to see her much. So it was like, the idea was to go up to Scotland, um, have a nice weekend with her, mm -hmm. meet my cousins I'd never met mm -hmm. and, and sort of have mm -hmm. a more of a one-on-one -on -one with her, you know, so we went up there, arrived about 1.30 in the morning because everything was late, but they put on all these nibbles and drinks and had the bagpipes playing and, <laughs> you know, welcoming us to Scotland. And it was great, you know. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I said, to, I said to her, I said, you know, because she said, oh, you know, how, how's, how's Chris, his name was. And I said, well, he's not my birth father. <laughs> uh, and she said, oh, what? And I said, yeah, we've done a DNA test and uh, he's not. And she immediately said, look, if it's not him, I know who it is. And I said, is it Dave Clark from the Dave Clark line? And she said, what? And I said, well, and I got my phone and I showed a picture. I said, look, yes. I mean, I know he was around her. Was she around him? I've got, I've got nothing to go by. And she said, no, it's not. Believe me, it's not Dave Clark. He was a lot older than her. And she, she met him a few times in the past, but no, she had, mm. uh, my birth mother had nothing to do with it. Mm. You know, hadn't, hadn't, didn't know him like that. So, I said, oh, right, okay, because I, you know, I look like him. I was going to ask you. you know? She goes, no. She says, I now, I, now it's, you, you say it's not him. I know, you know, um, it's not Chris. I know who it is. And I said, well, how do you know who it is? And she said, well, there was only one other guy around her at the time because she wasn't that sort of girl, you know. You know, it's, she did have a relationship with him, you know, a brief relationship with him. So it, around that time. So it's got to be him. But you've got to talk to her. You know, you've got to talk to your birth mother. Yeah, of course, of course emailed and, and it was quite a surreal weekend but got through it and um emailed my birth mother rang her and she wouldn't have any of it she she denied everything said no it's not him um and I said well it's not the other guy and you were convinced it was him but it's not she said yes but it's always been him but yes I said but it's not though can't you just at least can you not just think that it might be this other person you know rather than and she goes no it's not him it's definitely not him 100 percent, mm. it's not him Mm -hmm. and I thought well you had a relationship with him at the time I was conceived it's not the other guy there wasn't anyone else it sort of makes sense but yeah she was denying it on 105FM and around the world online this is FM 105 your local station live from the heart of Downpatrick if you've just tuned in, you're listening to The Chris Scott Show on FM 105 Down Community Radio. Thank you for lending me your ears tonight. I'm in conversation with Nick Endicott Gibb, who is relating his story of his search for his biological parents. Chatting with Chris on FM 105 Down Community Radio. Your station, your voice. Three weeks went by and my, my uh, auntie then rang me and she said, look, you know, how's it going? And I said, well not getting anywhere with, with her. And she said, yeah, she sent me an email, really nasty email, telling me off for telling you. And I said, well, why? She said, well, she, she, she said, I confided in you and you've gone and, and told me. I said, well, what's the secret then? When you confide in someone, that's normally a secret, isn't it? But, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know what was going on. And she said, yeah, yeah of, course, of course, of course. You know, so she said, look, I'll tell you, it, it's, it's Morris Gibb, you know. So I said, wow, okay, right. I mean, now, see, the thing is, yes, this is a, a, a really successful musician and, and all of that side of things. But to me, when I heard that, yeah, the initial, you know, it was initial sh shock really of like, it's someone so successful, but it, it was immediately, I, I, I then wanted to know, right, is this true then? Because if this is my real father, 
this is the furthest I've ever got. And if this is my real father, I need now to know if this is true, you know, regardless if he's famous or, or, or whatever. Yeah. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, I found my real birth father. And if that is my real birth father, I need to now, you know, find out if this is in any way I can, if, it, if yeah. it's true or not. Yeah. And it, but it did make sense to me because of the music anyway, that, that you know, through the research of, of really looking into him as a person, it all, it all, you know, how he, it, you know, was as a person, how he, yes. um, what his interests were in, in music, the studio side of things and everything, yeah. how he, he did all the, the, a lot of the sound of, of, of the Bee Gees were, were because of Morris, you know, and mm -hmm. I've always had that interest right from an early age of production and, and recording. That's so strange. So strange. So it's, it's not just the singing and the, and the songwriting, but it's, the, uh, you know, and the playing, but it's, it, it's, it's the studio side of things I've loved all my life. And, yeah. and I had a fascination with sounds and getting, putting sounds yeah. together and the production. Yeah. Yeah. So it all made sense anyway, but I, yeah, I needed to find out if this is true. So I wrote to the family, I wrote because because he had unfortunately died by then. It was yes, of course. Yeah, he died at the beginning of two thousand and three, and I only found my birth mother at the end of two thousand and three. Mm -hmm. So a few years had passed, and when I saw my auntie, this was two thousand and ten. So it taken seven odd years or whatever to get to to that. So I wrote to Robin, I wrote to Barry, and I wrote to Morris's widow Yvonne. Mm -hmm. Didn't get any anything back um a couple of times i wrote and didn't get anything back apart from uh yvonne's lawyer who who was morris's lawyer um mm -hmm. and he said uh although yvonne was originally considering doing a dna test with her son adam they just she decided not not to in the end she didn't want to upset the rest of the family which i can understand i can i, I yes I, yes okay I, I i i you know i can understand that but also at the same time you're saying hey i was going to do it but i'm not now yeah. I had mixed emotions about that because although it felt like a, I was going to, but I'm not going to now, I did understand, you know, why, the, the reasoning behind that, you know. And the lawyer said, you know, um, if anything changes, we'll let you know, that sort of thing. So I thought, okay. So, but I carried on my, my research um, with Jackie and uh, we, we went to Singapore University. Uh, well, not there physically, but we, we wrote to them and uh, they were, there was a cutting edge technology they were working on at the time um, where they map facial, uh, the bone structure and, and oh, right, okay. faces. Yeah, and it's, yeah. it's, it's a bit more than, um, you know, it's a lot more actually than, than the normal facial recognition, yes, as yes. it were, yeah. um, the term, you know, it's, it's a lot more involved than that. It's, it's scientifically um, based on measurements of all of all micro measurements of of, of your eyes and and uh, your, your facial structure and your bone structure your skull and everything and they can do that from pictures so it was a, it's a real new this was probably 2012 or so so it's a new technology i don't know where they've gone with that and they did various i sent loads of pictures and they did various um you know tests and and, and measurements for us which is really good of them all of the tests came back between 94 and 97% kinship. That's fascinating. And this is with pictures of Morris. So it's, it's, that's what they do. They measure everything at micro. Yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. Micro level. So that sort of, you know, it, just gathering as much information as I could really to, to, to see if I could get some answers because I wasn't getting any response, you know, from the family. Yeah. This basically led to, I was about 99% sure by, by a few years ago, you know, by a couple of years ago. I was putting my DNA up on various other sites as well at the time, and one of them was the Y-DNA DNA site. I, I'm not sure what it's actually called, but it deals with all the Y-DNA sites. That's right, which is the, the, the male line, basically. It does yes, all the, the male, male line. That's it right. goes back 500 right. generations. So That's right, it does, amazing. Yeah. 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 So that was the first, obviously, first portal call to, to yeah. get, get on something like that. Wasn't getting a lot of matches really to help in that area yes. okay um until i matched with someone um who then came back and said i think he's like a sixth cousin uh -huh. removed or something like that but quite quite sort of close in the big picture of things mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um and he said have you tried ancestry.com um and i said well no because years ago we were when i was started to put my dna up you know they you couldn't put um, if right. you're in the UK, you couldn't put your, your DNA there. You could from America or perhaps in other countries, but not the UK. I, you know, just I left that and didn't think more about mm -hmm. it. He said, well, mm -hmm. well, since 2016, you can put your DNA on it. 
Mm-hmm. I said, hey, that's amazing. That's great. I'm going to do that. You know, that's what, yeah. I didn't know that. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I then put my DNA up on ancestry.com. And within, I think it was less than 10 days, I, I, I got a, uh, an email back saying that I matched 100% with Adam Gibb wow. um, as half sibling wow. and also two cousins as well. That's freaking. And, I, and I'm thinking, wow. my God, <laughs> you know, and so yeah. I immediately, um, yeah. I, I was, obviously I went through everything to check that this was Adam yeah. Gibb, it was, you know, and these were Gibb cousins and these were, mm-hmm. you know, to check mm-hmm. everything, you know. I don't know whether at the time when I was writing the letters and um, Yvonne's lawyer came back, you know, in that time, did he make a decision then to put his DNA up thinking, well, look, I'll put it up. And if he matches, he matches. Mm, or, yeah. Wait or, about or, that. or this will prove that he's not, you know, I yeah, don't know. Of course. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Whatever the reason. It was he, there. He, he did it. He put it up there anyway. And I thank I'd sent a message and I said, I thanked him, you know, I, but for whatever reason he did it, it, it enabled me to get my closure anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So that basically, that was two, two and a half years ago. That That's fascinating. That is um, so fascinating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But that was is like it, the, yeah. the icing on the cake, you know. That's yeah. the cherry on, yeah. the, on the top, basically, isn't it? Yeah. You know, um, I, I, for so long, for so many years, um, everything making sense that I was, I couldn't get any answer and I couldn't get that, that black and white information that, that actually is, you know, the DNA. I finally got that result and, and that is you know the closure that's given me uh, you know of this journey is amazing yeah of that journey but it sort of opens up another journey then uh, as you know nick you know yes you, you can close the door on, on that, that part of that search but of course that's probably opened up more opportunities for you and i mean from what you're doing now uh, under the cousin cousin gibbs what what it what what happened was after about about six months after i got my my um my confirmation dna confirmation i i got contacted by leslie mm-hmm. who is their elder sister the brothers gibbs uh, uh elder sister all right yeah um yeah. a lot of people don't know that they they they've got an older yeah, they sister. Don't, yeah. yeah you never think they're no that's no. right that's right yeah she she can a cousin a cousin who actually she's not really cousin, she's she's married a, a girl who's married to one of leslie's um sons uh-huh. uh contacted me first and said mm-hmm. about Leslie, and then that led to then Leslie connecting me with Leslie, and then we had like yeah we connected and had a, a good two hour conversation talking about everything, and she was so pleased to have a new nephew, mm-hmm. um, and couldn't believe it. She said, "I've only just found out. I never knew any any of this, you know." Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've been writing to the family for years and everything, but she hadn't heard anything, so yeah, didn't know anything about me. Um, and was so pleased, you know, we got on so well talking about everything. And she said, look, you should really connect with my daughter, Debbie. Yes. Um, she's been singing all her life. She's got a great voice. She'd, you know, maybe you two could do something, you know, get together. I said, that sounds great. So I connected with Debbie on Facebook. We then FaceTimed each other, started getting to know each other. And we hit off straight away, like brother and sister. It was crazy. S- same sort of interests, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, her musical life has been a bit different to me. She'd been in tribute shows. Um, yes. Doing, no, big, yes. I mean, like big tribute shows, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. with dancers and everything, Vegas style, you know, doing anyone from Celine Dion to Tina Turner, you know, Karen Carpenter. Her voice is so versatile, you know, and she's these big shows. She's, that's what she's been used to doing, you know, most of her life. And of course, um, they're right. in Australia, aren't they, Nick? They're in Australia, that the, the family. And she's, yeah, that's right. Yes, they're, oh, they're in yeah, Australia. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so uh, in uh, in Canberra. So, well, Leslie's further up, but yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Debbie's in in Canberra. Yeah. So, so we we were FaceTiming, you know, um, obviously at the right times for her for the time difference, which which is okay, you know, sort of around eleven in the morning, yeah. Yeah. a little bit yeah. early, sort of early evening for her. So that's not too bad. So yeah, we 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 connected and and talked about music, talked about the family, we talked about ailments. She said, yeah, we've all got arthritis, you know. And that's the that's the other thing actually, you know, there's my my search was for not only my identity, but also for medical history, you know, very importantly. And the week I got my DNA uh, confirmation, I also got um, diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis. So it was Whoa. like a double whammy in a way. Whoa. You know? yeah, and okay. I thought, oh, great. You know, yeah, but it yeah. made sense as well because Barry, he's, he's got RA. He's got rheumatoid arthritis. 
So, of course, I was talking to Debbie about that, and she said yeah, there's a lot of arthritis in the family. She's got it in her fingers. I think it's probably more osteoarthritis, but okay. um, yeah, yeah it's, it's a genetic thing, you know. Mm -hmm. So that was that that made sense to me, on, you know, as well. Um, of course, we talked about other other things, everything really. We talked about everything, getting to know mm -hmm. each other, and um, it obviously led to talking about doing some music together and. We, we, we said, well, look, let's, let, it'd be great if we did something, to, you know, together. And by this time, we obviously, we still hadn't met COVID, the, the restrictions, mm -hmm. it was mm -hmm. all during the COVID, um, the lockdowns and stuff. So, um, and we still haven't met yet, even wow. now. We haven't <laughs> even met. It's, it's about yeah, two okay. and a half years. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Which we're dying to do just on a, on a personal level, let alone music, musically. I know, know. yeah, yeah. We, we, we had a good chat and um, I said, look, wouldn't it be lovely if we did one of the, the, the family's hits you know one of the bg's hits but in a completely different way you know as it's as in you know homage to the family really you know um and but do it in our own way um and she said well that sounds that sounds good yeah what why not and um i was just i sort of over the weeks after talking to her, i was thinking about what to do what would work and you know not really being a bg's fan when i was younger i mean i, I was probably well in there in the, when there were sort of at their peak i was probably 10 or not or 11 or yes so. yes okay you know yeah, so because i was born in 68 so yeah around yeah. 78 79 you know i do remember um some some of their tracks and i did like some but again like i said earlier i was i was listening to the tracks on the right songs on the radio i think wow that sounds good. i like the production on that how on how they've done that you, know, <laughs> you were I always heard, things i always heard it separately <laughs> yeah i never heard it as a, wow. as, a as a full song and you know, i've always had that those sort of ears you know there was was a couple I liked, and one particularly was Tragedy. I really liked it. I really liked the production on it. I thought it was a great track, brilliantly written. But I thought, wow, those lyrics, if I could bring those lyrics out, because you, you isolate the lyrics on that, and they're just, they're so beautiful, you know. And I think they, they've been hidden a bit in, in you know, in the song, uh, as, we, as, as everyone yeah, knows the song. Yeah, you know? yeah. So I suggested to, to Debbie, why don't we, try a slowed down version of, of that bring the, the lyrics out and really be more emotive and more heartfelt with it yeah. um so we discussed it we were getting really excited with oh, this is this could be really you know this could really work well so i started working on that and um got some ideas down some early piano and and and, and it was sort of a structure together mm -hmm. uh sent it over to debbie with some guide vocals on and um she then recorded her vocals sent me them back her vocal stems which i then carried on in my studio work so we were able to you know the good thing about you know technology nowadays you can do this so easily now just send stuff to each other really quickly you don't have to wait for all these you know download times it's or a anything. different world isn't it different it's all world. pretty pretty yeah. quick yeah, it's, yeah you yeah. could even do remote stuff anyway yeah, without yeah. any latency with with, yeah, with yeah. certain software so so we just built the track up and uh and started working on it and and it, it was pretty pretty quickly we 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 thought yeah this is working really well but do, do, do you know the coincidental thing as well nick you know your voice could just not you know what you at sometimes it just doesn't work you know but yeah. in this instance yeah. you're so alike it just works perfectly i i it's funny because years ago i don't know if you remember was it gary jules the guy who did um a a, a lovely emotive version of mad world you know, oh, I, I know what you're. Yes, okay, yes, that's right. And it was, it yeah, was so. Good. It was all. Yeah. It was done on piano. That's and right. It was beautiful. Yeah. And I remember when I heard that, I thought, God, yeah, you've cracked it. That you've you found yeah, yeah. a song which works doing yes. it so yes. differently like that. There aren't many songs that you can do that with, or hasn't right. been done before anyway. At least, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Um, and when I thought about this, I thought, oh, this hasn't been done before in forty-three yeah. odd years that it was since it was released um no, there's been so many covers of it rock versions um and and versions even poppy type versions and and versions which are similar even to the original yeah. but no no one has done it like a, a real emotive ballad which we thought this is great no one's done that that's this is this feels amazing you know it was a case of let's do this as best we can you know i mean i'm not a pianist i i, I play piano and 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 strings, I can arrange strings in, in you know, studio, that sort of thing, and piano in the studio, but not, I'm not a piano, piano a pianist at all, or a piano player in any, any way. 
um, I'm guitar and, and I'm, I'm vocals. That's that, you know, I play a bit of bass, you know, and the say in the studio, things like that. But um, so I knew the piano wasn't the best. So I decided there's a guy I know who's fantastic at so many dif different instruments, uh, Christian Smith. He came over and he, he, I sent him the track. He loved it. He came over and we just worked an afternoon and he did his thing uh, on mm. the piano today. Mm -hmm. And it just changed everything. It's like, oh my God, mm -hmm. this is this is really going to be special. Mm -hmm. So I thought I carried on then working on the strings, and I got it to a certain point. And I thought I've got to have this uh, mixed and mastered by by a top guy, you know, a top company. I do it, but you know, I want this done by someone else. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I'd done a production course with Eddie Kramer, who was Jimi Hendrix's mm -hmm. producer. Okay, uh, yeah, yeah. Recorded yeah. and everything that Jimi Hendrix did. He led Zeppelin, ACDC, Kiss. You know, he's yeah, he's been there. Yeah. He's been in the industry like for years, yeah. and he's the, the top legendary producer. You know, Eddie Kramer. Yeah. If if you haven't heard of Eddie Kramer, Google yeah. him. He's amazing. I had, I did a production course with him um, before COVID hit. Went down to the south of France. Went to this studio there and had a week there with uh, a few about ten other people, and we had this lovely production course with Eddie. He's a lovely guy. Um, he really taught us a lot. It was it was amazing to hear him go through. We even heard the separates of of all along the Watchtower, um, and Little Wing. You know the separate stems from the original recordings. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, mm -hmm. it was amazing, amazing. That's mind blowing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It was. It, we yeah, it, all yeah, of our yeah, lines yeah, were yeah. blown. We were, we, we, we yeah. all left completely different people from. I would from say that so. After yeah, that, yeah. you know. <laughs> um, so I contacted him and I just sent him the track and I said, look what do you think? Is there anything that, you know, I'd, I'd love you to mix it and, and, and just talk to him about it really. So we zoomed and he said, look, this is amazing. You've done such a lovely job. I, I'd love to be involved. I, I'll help if, if you need any production help as well, just let me know, you know? And I said, well, I've got the piano nice. I've got the strings nice and everything. Uh, I do want some, he said, maybe some guitar. And I said, yeah, I was thinking maybe put a bit of guitar on it. No, no drums, nothing. Like that. I wanted to keep it, sort of really quite stripped back, you know. Um, so I put a bit of guitar on and he said, you know what, have you, have you thought about some core anglais or, or oboe? You know, and I said, well, I was trying to think of some little solo part or something like that. That would sound lovely. And he said, why don't you have a, see if you can get someone to do that. So I went away. I, I found this guy, Dom Kelly. He's, he's um, if you've not heard of him, he's done all the music to Poirot. Uh, he's worked with Madonna, he knows Nigel Kennedy, he's right right up there in the classical side yeah. of things. And I found him through this connection site where you can connect with the musicians and, uh, you know, to, to, to employ yeah. uh, for yeah. a project, that sort of thing. And uh, sent him the track and he came back and he said, this is, this is beautiful. He says, what do you want me to do? And I said, well, there's, there's a couple of sections, a solo bit, and then, then a lead out part on the chorus at the end. Um, I don't know, really. I've got some melodies, but maybe you could have a listen. And and he just went off to, I think he went to Air Studios, actually, and sent me what he'd done. And uh, it just blew my mind. I said, yeah, because he, he'd done everything that I sent him melody-wise, but then added yes. other extra bits and flurries on, you know. And it was beautiful. And, uh, yeah, I then spoke to Eddie again. He said, that that's amazing. So... He then took everything from me, mixed it, mastered it. And yeah, I, when he sent it back, it was, I couldn't believe it. It was such a lovely, lovely mix. And But this is what we both wanted. We wanted it to be the best we could do, you know, um, um, because we wanted it to, to be, we wanted it to be beautiful, you know, we wanted it yeah. to be different. The family themselves, was there any reaction then uh, as a result of what you produced? Um, I, I haven't heard anything yet. Um, Leslie loves it. And other members of and other cousins love it, you know, and, and, and really like it. Um, a lot of fans, uh, you know, like it. There's some that don't know what to make of it. Of course, you know, you're used to such, you know, of course, you're such a well-known song. You know, you're it. used to that. You're on the dance floor. Um, yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, you know, it's, it's, it <laughs> yeah. is a very different, you've got to listen to it like, like a different song, really, you know. Yeah. I mean, I'm hoping other members of the family have heard it and like it. You know, it'd be nice to know. But, you know, for, for us, it was something we wanted. To, it was it made sense to work together on something that we could, you know, a, a family song. Really, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So where are you guys moving to now then? I mean, um, I, I think you had another track out. I, I, I picked it up on Spotify. 
uh, coming home, yeah. which is beautiful. And yeah. it's, it's, it's very, I suppose, reminiscent of those Celtic sounds that we'd be used to over here. It seems yeah. to start off that way. You know, we, we released Tragedy and um, we obviously that we don't want to be a tribute band. We're not that sort of, yeah, you know, that, that kind of project. We want to get on to original songs as soon as possible. So I had this idea that had been knocking around and it, because I've been running a band um, called The Speak um, for about a good 10 years, mm-hmm. uh, which was very 60s influenced. It was named The Speak because of the Speakeasy Club in, in London, which my birth mother worked in. You wow. know, everyone used to say, oh, well, let's go down the speak, you know. So yeah, of I called the band The Speak and a lot of 60s influenced. It was, it was sort of Britpoppy as well, really, because that, a lot of Britpop was influenced from the 60s. So yeah. it had a bit of a, a tinge of that to it. But, yeah, that was my project, and uh, you know, which I'd run for quite, quite a long time. And then I'd, I'd recently gone to um, – there's a little place in Oxford I like to go to with, with Jackie um, when we want to break, you know, here and there. It's a farm in the middle of nowhere, and um, I thought I had an idea with the bass player to go up there and start writing a new album, but not in my studio. Let's go somewhere different, you know, somewhere mm-hmm. new, different yeah. environment. Yep. Um, so we went a couple of times up there and uh, got these all these ideas down, and um, I wanted to evolve the speak, really. I wanted to sort of get out of the box of the, the particular genre we seem to be mm-hmm. stuck in mm-hmm. and just write good songs and just sort of sort of you know develop and evolve out from that in, in some way so there was quite a few ideas that i had which didn't suit the band really i mean it even an evolving band it didn't it was just different you know mm-hmm. when after the release of tragedy we, we chatted about it with some it, debbie said look have you got any any anything down have you got any ideas I said, well, actually, yeah, I have, because there's a, there's a few tracks which I can't see really doing with my band. It, it's, not, it's not band material. It's me. It's me material, yeah. you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's the thing about tragedy. We're both being, I'm being me. Debbie's being Debbie. She's, I mean, she's used to being other people anyway. But, you know, yeah, I'm singing in my own voice. You know, I'm not singing my band voice, my, my more yes. rocking type of voice. I'm singing as me. So these ideas were like me ideas. So I thought, well, hey, maybe they will actually suit um, Cousins Gibb. You know, I'm not going to do anything with them otherwise because um, it's not going to, it's just not going to work for the band. There was a, an idea, like a sketch I had and I sent her the idea and she said, this is really interesting. I said, yeah, it was, it's, it's in three, four time, you know, and it's got that sort of, because I like a lot of Celtic music, you know, and folk mm-hmm. music, I, uh, you know, and 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 ethnic mu- music from other countries, I you know, mm-hmm. I, I, uh, and Indian stuff, and and I, I like all sorts of you know uh, styles of music, you know, and but particularly, I think you know, I've got Scottish in me, you know, I, I'm I've got the Celtic thing in my blood anyway, um, and I think that's what comes out, you know, because I I do love certain areas of of celtic rhythms and Celtic styles, you know, mm-hmm. and of course you had the silk trade, didn't you, coming up? So a lot of the the Celtic music and the, and the irish folk music is is a bit mixed with um indian and uh, that's right that's right yeah yes, that's right yeah that's because right. of the yeah. silk trade that came that's through, right you know. that's right that's right um so yeah i had always had interest in in things like that so this was an idea i had in that sort of vein you know to be a bit celtic so it had that sort of that that rhythm to it you know that almost mm-hmm. shanty type of you know the three four timing so I sent her a rough idea and she, she absolutely loved it. And it just had melodies on it. And I had no words or anything. So she said, look, I'm going to get some, get working on the lyrics. Uh, and I said, that'd be great. I can carry on working on the instrumentation. So yeah. she sent some lyrics back. We worked then further on them together um, and came up with basically the, 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 the name of the song and how it was all going to work. And then it was just a case of then, you know, structuring it and, uh, tweaking it I didn't really add too many instruments from the from the from the initial you know idea I kept it sort of quite simple I didn't so want to yeah. chuck everything at it you know um, so I added a few few things and, and especially the the intro um, the, the tin whistle um, I wanted it to, to have that kind of feel and so I did this tin tin whistle right. um, yeah. melody yeah. at the beginning yeah. to lead yeah. into the track yeah, and because it was, you know, it's getting in, we were in winter then, you know, it's like last, it's like last November, October, November. By the time we, we sort of got it mixed roughly and then, you know, not, not, not mastered, but got a, got a nice mix together. 
it was heading into we're heading into just December, you know, and I said that'd be nice just to get get it out because it's got such a winter feel to it. We don't mm -hmm. want to wait another year mm -hmm. to release mm -hmm. it, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, let's release it while it's winter, you know. So yeah. uh, so we we released it in you know sort of you know just yeah in in December. So we worked hard to get it finished so that we could because it, it you know it had a winter feel right from the first idea of it. I thought. Mm -hmm. um and uh, so we just sort of developed that but yeah that's out now on all the all the platforms you know coming home and we really love that we really love what happened but we we're now excited about writing some more stuff we're, we've got loads of ideas in the pipeline you know and they're all going to be different as well and that's the really the really good thing about it is we don't we don't feel we have to be we're not rock we're not r&b we're that's not that's right so you're not folk, you're not a not, not bot. Yeah, no yeah, and yeah. we want to keep it sort of a, a non-genre type of project really so that we're open and and free to do just write good songs you know and however they come out d you know just do our thing with with whatever ideas come out and and that's really exciting for me because i mean for the the band i've now sort of i've wound down and and um there's it, it's been 10 years i think you know it's time to move that's on from that now. Yeah. I've, I've supported a lot of people i've, I've played at some really good festivals had mm -hmm. a really good time i want to put everything into cousins gib now so for me, all these ideas I've got that I've never been able to use for the band. This is it. And now I'm going through and I'm like, right hey, that's some, I've forgotten about that one. I've forgotten about that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it, it, it can all be looked at now because there's no there's no reins, you know. We're not, we're not in a box. So that's Good. the exciting thing about it as well. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Good. And you haven't met up. I mean, are we into an album situation? Are we nearly there, Nick? Have you? We're, we're probably actually about halfway through Brilliant. ideas and songs towards an album yes, towards that, yeah 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 we're hoping we can try and get that done by the end of the year but you know how these things go of course yeah uh, there's a lot of work to do we the, the important thing is getting some good songs together um getting material together so that we can do a show as well you know yeah and, and that's that that's got to be the next stage i mean just yeah. getting that initial meeting uh, and the world is your oyster then let's be honest you know yeah it, it's uh, i mean things are opening up now i'm hoping that things continue to yeah. you know get a bit more, more back to normal so that we can travel and we can you know uh, gig and and do all the things that that you know basically you know you've always loved to do with music and, and it's just been stopped for so long you know the uk is quite good now it's opened up quite a lot but for yes, her, yes. It's, it's still very of course they're still um, very much restricted a lot of restrictions yeah. still That's you right. can't even sing right. in in public in, in, in where she is at the moment still so um soon as things start to to get a, a bit more logistically possible to meet up and yeah i mean that's the first thing we're going to do as soon as we can meet just as as yeah. cousins you know um we're going to yeah. do that you know it's yeah the fact we haven't met, even met yet is is it is a bit frustrating but at least we can work you know of course it'd yeah. be lovely yeah. to be in the same studio together and yeah. yeah you know and that sort of thing um but yeah, we're, we're, we've got a lot of work which um, in the pipeline, a lot of songs in the pipeline and a lot to do to, yeah, hopefully get an album out first and, and then obviously carry on working on more material. And so that maybe, you know, I don't know, next year at some point, maybe we'll be able to do some shows. But as soon as we can, th th that's the plan, you know. And do you know something, Nick? Even if you weren't to put any music into it, we've been talking for almost, what, 50 minutes and it's such yeah but what I'm, the point of this is it's such a fascinating story in itself you know yeah, how you it, met your whole background and i can yeah. just imagine you telling that on stage and the music slightly incidental even because the story is so fascinating it's so gripping and, and oh obviously yeah. you're, you're you're as a performer you're a musical performer do you see where i'm coming from you could talk to yeah. our local family history societies forever here you would get yeah. a job just well, doing that know, and i'm being the story yeah. is so fascinating. <laughs> well, we did actually think that maybe we could, um, you know, do some shows where we have a, a bit of a natter as well, you know. And we, I and think that would we, be perfect. You know, yeah. a bit of a, you know, so that, that we can be asked some things and we can have a joke around, you know, in between songs, you know. So it's I not think just that would be brilliant. a gig. Be brilliant. Make it a bit more yeah. personal, yeah. Absolutely. Nice. Absolutely, Nick. Absolutely. So for anyone who wants to find out more then, what, what should they do? Obviously, we've got Facebook, we've got websites yeah. and things. What's the best forum medium? Yeah, uh, I mean, we're, we're, we're on Facebook as, um, you know, facebook.com forward slash uh, Cousins Give Official. Make sure you go to that one. There's there's another one. I don't know who they are. I don't know what they're doing, but they're All called, right. they're called <laughs> The Cousins Give. 
Oh, that's and strange, isn't it? Yeah. They've got okay. about 20, they've got about 22 followers on there and it hasn't been used for years. So I don't know who they are, what What's they're doing. What's going on it's, there? <laughs> it's a, some sort of tongue in cheek, uh, you know, page. Yeah. I don't know, but yeah, okay. yeah, people have been going there, there instead, but don't, don't go there. Go to, yeah. um, Cousins Give Official on Facebook and, and, and any all updates and stuff there, you, you can, you know, you'll find out there. Uh, yeah, Instagram at Cousins Gib. Um, website's being built. We haven't got one uh, at the moment, but uh, yeah, it's it's in in you know process. And we of course, all the other usual platforms for the actual music. Uh, all the digital all platforms, that, yeah. iTunes, Amazon, Apple, you know, YouTube. Um, yeah, yeah. So it, it's yeah. out on it. Both both the both the songs are out on um, on all the platforms, um, oh, and we're hoping awesome. to release a new single in a couple of months. Hopefully, okay. Okay, we'll keep an eye Fingers out crossed. for that. Yeah, we'll keep an eye out for that. And Nick, when you do get on the road, do put Northern Ireland on the map. Put Ireland on the map. Uh, because be lovely, I think, yeah. I think there'll yeah. be a massive response here. I mean, it'd be nice, perhaps, if uh, we could come into your studio. It's just yeah. such a brilliant story, Nick. And, and it, it is getting out there slowly but surely. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I think uh, I think you're going to be busy for the next next while and the next decade of your life. I think, uh, I think we know where you're yeah. going. I mean, we just want to make good music and, you know, if we can do that and um, continue to do that, that's that's what it's about for us. Yeah, that's brilliant. Listen, Nick, can I thank you so much for coming on tonight? Thank uh, you, and, Chris. Thanks and for having guess me. What, and guess what the next track is? I'll let you introduce um, that. Well, would it be uh, Tragedy by Cousins Gibb? I think we'll go with that. Fantastic. <laughs> Nick, thank you so Thanks, much. Thanks, Chris. Thank you. Thank you, mate. You're listening to Chris Scott. On FM 105, Down Community Radio. Well, what did you think of that? Absolutely amazing and gripping story, isn't it? Listen, thank you so much to Nick Endicott Gebb from Cousins Gebb for giving up his time and joining me on tonight's show. Go to their Facebook page for more details. That's Cousins Gebb. And you can also listen and download their work on all the usual platforms out there. Uh, Before I leave you tonight with the Cousins Gebb version of Tragedy, make sure you tune in again next week. Same time, same place. It's Wednesday, 7pm. If you happen to miss any shows, well, the shows do repeat on a Sunday night between 8 and 9. Next week, I'll be joined by Canadian singer-songwriter, multi-instrumentalist, composer, international recording star. (laughs) There's so many accolades to this lady. She's sold more than 14 million uh, albums worldwide. It's Lorena McKennett, and she's talking to me about her links in this part of the world, uh, and we'll also be playing some of her tracks on the show as well. An absolutely amazing lady. If you don't know her, well, some of her music has appeared in the films Highlander, Santa Claus, Tinkerbell, to name but a few. Uh, numerous accolades, as I said earlier. She is also the Honorary Colonel of the Royal Canadian Air Force, member of the Order of Canada and Order of Manitoba. There's lots and lots to find out about Lorena. Uh, so join me next week to find out more. And in the meantime, I'm going to leave you with uh, the Cousins Gib and Tragedy. Stay tuned in to FM 105 Down Community Radio. Stay safe and stay tuned. Good night, folks. 